This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a growing and disturbing lack of sportsmanship at high school sporting events, including the totally wrongful and unacceptable act of racial taunting. And not only is this kind of behavior disgraceful, but as you know, I've been concerned about the lack of response from the Pearl River High School School District. Are they going to do anything to make sure that their students are educated about ethnic and cultural sensitivities? I mean, that would seem certainly like a a pretty obvious starting point. Well, of course, some parents have said, well, it's just the act of a few dumb teenagers who made the the monkey sounds against the, the black Nyack basketball players. So why should we have to punish the entire school? Because it's not so much a punishment, but rather it should be viewed as a most valuable teaching moment. In short, All of you students would benefit from a seminar or a class about sensitivity to other cultures, especially in a school district which is mostly white. I mean, there's a good chance that the kids in that school district might not know any black or Hispanic or Asian kids. So the timing would be perfect. But the problem is there are now even more examples of bad behavior popping up in our area. We have yet two more incidents of poor sportsmanship and wrongful behavior at high school games. Now, one of them is very similar to what happened at Pearl River High School, and the other involves a physical altercation between an adult and a high school student, and that one comes from the world of high school ice hockey. Now, I will, of course, go over what happened in these new disturbing incidents, and we'll try to figure out what the heck is going on. And, of course, how schools, our schools, can do a better job at trying to prevent this pattern of of abuse from escalating. I mean, I, I, I am really getting concerned here that after a long, long time where we seem to have things under control, suddenly these things are beginning to pop up on a, on a, almost like a weekly basis. And they're serious. All right, first, from the world of high school ice hockey. This is uh, from the New Haven Register. A Guilford woman who was the wife of of a local hockey coach was arrested and charged with assault after an alleged altercation with a West Haven High School student 
during a recent championship ice hockey game. That's according to the police. Fans began to argue during the Southern Connecticut Conference Girls Hockey Championship on February 25th. Teams were Guilford High School and the West Haven Sacred Heart Hockey Team, who were playing the championship game at the Bennett Rink in West Haven. Apparently, the argument quickly turned physical in the stands. Officers on the scene attempted to intervene, and according to police reports, during this altercation, it was discovered that Christina Binkowski had physically assaulted a West Haven High School student, and the student required medical attention. Christina Binkowski, who was 47, is the wife of Rick Binkowski, who happens to be the coach of the Guilford girls hockey team. As mentioned, she was arrested and charged with third-degree assault. She's due back in court in a couple of weeks uh, to make her case. Now, again, we don't know what happened. Details are very hard to find. Uh, in fact, if anybody uh, is listening to the show and what happened at that game and can give us a call and tell me more about what actually took place, I'd be curious. But the, the bottom line is that she was apparently involved in this melee to the point where she grabbed another a student from the opposing high school and the student got hurt. Again, Christine Binkowski is the wife of the hockey coach, and she's a, you know, a full-grown adult. Now, again, I don't know all the details, but the fact that the cops took her in and arrested her says something unto itself. And from what I understand, uh, she must have probably felt that the kids at the game who were supporting the other team, the West Haven Sacred Heart team, they must have been, she felt, out of control or misbehaving. So she got up and either tried to calm them down or perhaps she just shouted back at them. Again, the details are not clear. What is clear is that some pushing and shoving ensued, a fight broke out, and during this brawl, Ms. Binkowski grabbed a student from the other school by the hair. That student was pulled to the ground, and she got hurt. Not clear how badly she was hurt, but she did definitely need medical attention. The bottom line here is we want to know more details on what kind of words were the kids in the stands shouting, so much so that the wife of the opposing coach in a championship girls hockey game took it upon herself to get up and perhaps confront them. And the next question is, where was the security at this game? Okay. The big question is, what in the world is going on that this stuff kind of continues to happen? And now, from the world of high school basketball. You know from the last couple of weeks what happened at Pearl River High School and the racial taunting that took place against black players from Nyack High School. Shockingly, a very similar kind of taunting took place last week at a sectional playoff basketball game between Austin High School and Our Lady of Lords when their two girls teams played in a playoff last week. One of the Austin players, Isabella Flores, went to shoot a free throw late in the game. A game, by the way, that was won handily by Our Lady of Lords. In any event, when Flores went to shoot the free throw, she was greeted by a very audible outburst from the student section of Our Lady of Lords in which Isabella's Hispanic background was taunted. It was mocked. This was heard by lots of people in attendance at the game. It was pretty evident to all what was going on. Now, unlike Pearl River, a number of Austin parents got up and went to the security officers in attendance at the game to protest. But apparently, nothing really happened. 
Game wasn't stopped. There was no apologies. Nobody was asked to clear the stands. Nothing. True, some of the Lord's players and parents apologized to the offended, offended Ossining players and fans after the game. And the very next day, Our Lady of Lords did issue a statement as a kind of an apology. But that seems to be all that's going to happen here. I didn't see or hear any mention as to whether Our Lady of Lords is going to build upon this teachable moment or not, so that their students, all their students, can learn more about this hurtful behavior. And again, my concern here is that these school districts, and look, I'm sure there are many, many others who feel the same way, that it's not fair, it's not right to, again, quote-unquote, punish all the students simply because a few dopey kids don't get it. Again, I, I understand that. But that being said, we really need to do more as educators, as coaches, uh, as, as people, parents who care about the right lessons that are being taught to our students. So I want to continue our conversation this morning and get into some details as to what can and ought to be done to prevent this kind of behavior from happening again. As I said, it seems to be on the rise. No athlete should ever be exposed to any kind of racial taunting, and adults clearly need to not get involved in a brawl or a melee at a high school hockey game. 877-337-6666, that of course is our number. I would like to hear from you because I think, you know, I just think this is something that's become more and more commonplace, and I want to know what you think as to why this is happening. And again, if school districts are, if they're just, you know, somebody's got to take a stand here. And, and again, I, there are lots of ways we think that this kind of uh, behavior can be corrected or nipped in the bud, or kids can be educated about what's happening in terms of sensitivity to other, other you know, cultures and other ne- ethnic backgrounds. You know, I had mentioned last week on the show that some years ago, about 20 years ago, a number of communities uh, in this country which were confronted by bad behavior by sports parents at kids' sporting events. These are younger kids, not even high school. But a number of communities finally decided that they were going to force the adults, the parents, to attend mandatory sportsmanship seminars before their kid could register to play in the games. And if the parents didn't attend and pass that seminar, then their child would not be allowed to participate in the games. Mind you, this was in force for all the parents. <coughs> Excuse me. There were no excuses allowed. And from what I can tell, despite the grumblings of the moms and dads who had to go through the seminar, well, it worked. Parents had to attend. They had to pass the test at the end of the seminar. And then they understood if they did, in fact, violate the rules of the league, they would be banned along with their child from playing in any more of the games. Are we at a point Will we need to do this again? 877-337-6666. Friends, I, you know, I think, we, again, we want to start to think about this because we want to nip this in the bud. And as I, I you know, I'm worried about it. Somebody on Twitter observed that perhaps people today are just angrier and less compromising than ever. And maybe that attitude is sort of spilling over into amateur and high school sports. That may be a real, that may be part of the problem here. 
Uh, you know, we've gone through a lot the last few years with COVID and people being basically locked up at home, kids not being able to play sports. I don't know, but I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. All right, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll continue our conversation. I want to hear from you and get a sense of what we can do to stop this, to make sure that other school districts and other other high school athletes and younger athletes are protected and allowed to just play their sports and not have to worry about these kind of outbursts. All right, stay with me. Back here on the Sports Edge, I'm talking this morning again about the seemingly growing trend of unsportsmanlike and dangerous behavior at our kids' games. Friends, the time is now for educators, coaches, parents, school boards to step up and take some proactive actions to put this, uh, put an end to this stuff. It's just got to stop. 877-337-6666. Let's start with our callers. Let's go to let's go to first to John in Connecticut. John, good morning. You're first up on the fan. What's up, Rick? How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Um, first of all, I love the music coming out of the break. <laughs> that's, that's one of my that's, that's one of my favorites. That's the magic of Ed Arzuman. So <laughs> yeah, big do, big do. He knows what he's doing back there. He's he sure man. does. Um, so I, I think that. I, I, I will agree and disagree with you on this on this topic. And, and let me start with the agreeing with, with why I agree with you. I, I just see a lack of respect throughout a lot of things. And I think it's manifesting itself in sports because athletics are – it's like free advertising. You know what I mean? And so everybody sees it. Everybody's around it. Everybody's looking to publicize it. And that's where things are manifesting itself. But I just feel like it's a lack of respect in general. And, and I think it starts with a couple places. Um, and that's where I agree with you. What I disagree with you on is I don't think a class or two is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think what, what, what's the reason why I believe that this is happening is there's no repercussions. There's no, no accountability help for anybody, parents or adults or, or kids. Kids are becoming inherently more... Um, more just disrespectful of authority figures, whether it's parents, other parents, coaches, teachers, administrators. They don't listen to them, and they do whatever they want, and then they hold it over your head, and they there's an opportunity for them to almost threaten you to the point where it's like, well, if you don't do what I want, I'll get my parents involved. And then you get the parents involved, so then they start fighting for their kids, and then they talk about things that I don't even want to go places with right now because that's another conversation but then you have administrators and coaches that aren't either capable or willing to make to make examples of kids that deserve to be made examples of with suspensions or different types of um different types of things that are going to take something away from people i think that's the only way that this is going to stop is if you start taking things away from people if you put them in a classroom it's going to be the same thing over and over again you give them a lecture going to be the same thing over and over again. John, I, I will. You, you have, let me stop you there because I have heard this uh, this uh, theory as well. And again, it's all about, uh, as you said, it comes back to that triangle between the, the students and the parents and the coaches or teachers. And at this day and age, we become so um, lenient, if you will, with the kids that there's no sense of accountability that, uh, you know, John's point's well taken. John, thank you for, for your thoughts this morning. If we... If we just perhaps just have a seminar, a symposium, do some things to educate the kids, it's not punitive. It's meant to be teachable. It's education. But John's point is that unless we start really, uh, you know, drawing a line in the sand 
and tell kids, tell athletes and whatever, like or whoever I be, just spectators at a game, if you do this, you will be punished. You'll be held personally accountable. And mom and dad, I'm sorry, but this is this are the rules of the school district. And it's not just a you know a slap on the wrist perchance, but something that has some real meat and and uh, some some sort of a, a punishment that has a, a deterring effect. So the kid will have to think twice about doing this again. That that's a big issue, and we all know today that parents are very, very, uh, you know, for the most part, are very protective of the kids and can't wait to go and complain to the school or the school board or whoever about the unfair treatment of their youngsters. But when we get to this point where we're having situations with racial taunting at high school games, I mean, that's just that is crossing the line. Something has to be done. Some there has to be some sort of either punitive or educational process so that people know that we aren't going to tolerate this. And I think that's, that's, that's at a huge point. And again, um, I, I, I think we have to start really thinking about if you're in a school district or you're with a, a, a travel program or club program, you've got to step up and say, these are the rules and your kids have to abide by them or your, your, the students, the spectators. I, it, it, I think this is where we're at at this point. Let's move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Tim in Eastchester. Hey, Tim. Good morning. You're you're on the fan. Good morning, Coach. Uh, Coach, first and foremost, I want to accentuate the positive. So, shout out to the Tucko Tigers ladies basketball yeah. team for winning their sectional. Okay? I saw that. That's great. And, yes. And on the other side, I want my boys from Mount Vernon to take care of business today because they go for the sectional as well. So I'm rooting for them. Well, Mount Vernon's undefeated, and who are they playing? North Rockland? They're playing North Rockland, and they're undefeated too, uh, I believe. That's going to be quite a contest. I'm but, telling uh, you, I'm, I'm trying to make my way up there. I hope they let me in because I'm not a parent, but I'm an avid fan. So <laughs> uh, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. Yes. Now, Coach, getting back to the other thing, this is where my heart breaks. That nonsense comes from the home. Let's not kid ourselves. That stuff comes from the parents. And listen... When you leave that door in that morning and you're boarding that bus or whatever to get to school, you take there what you bring from the home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it needs to be addressed first and foremost. Secondly, Coach, let me tell you something. Serious nonsense, serious stupidity has to be dealt with, with serious measures. So you know what I'm thinking, Coach? You know what action we should take? Fire the coach and his staff because – if you get a bang in their pocket, they're going to say, uh-uh, I'm not going to let this happen because there's some morons in the stands. And they would make statements before each and every game. Not that nice one that they make with the person comes out and says, there'll be this, then this, and this. No, they come out and they lay this on the line. Guys, stupidity is not tolerated. If it happens, I'm gone. I can't afford that. My family can't afford that. You don't want that to happen. And I'm telling you. The bigger and the more high-profile the program, the more that message will get out there. Well, Coach, I, you know, have Tim, a great day. Thanks, Tim. I, I, uh, you know, I, I hear you, and I do agree, uh, first of all, that, yes, a lot of this has to do in terms of education that comes from the home, from the parents. We all know that. That's always been the case. Parents, first and foremost, uh, want their best for the kids. But we're hoping if you are lucky enough to be a sports parent, at some point when your kid is developing and you're teaching them about you know, uh, sportsmanship and what's the right way to behave when you win, the right way to behave when you lose, how to behave and show respect 
for your opponents because let's face it if if there are no opponents your kids not going to have much much have much activity in terms of playing sports you need to have opponents in order to participate in playing a game so i do agree wholeheartedly that that you have to make sure the parents understand that this has to be rule number one uh as simple as that um you know, it's all about the spirit of the game. And, and maybe we've gotten to a point now where we don't teach about the spirit of the game, which is the inherent understanding that you have to have a mutual respect for your opponent and for the officials and for the coaches. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, it's, if, you're gonna, if it makes sense necessarily to fire the coaches if somebody in the stands does something stupid or says something that's obnoxious. Not, that may be too much of an extreme situation because you really can't hold the coaches or the kids on the team responsible. They're involved playing the game. But somebody somewhere has to do something. I, I, I do feel that's important. I mean, I, I, I mean, there are ways to, 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 to figure this out. I mean, for example, uh, Mike Doherty, who is the, the fine sports columnist for the Journal News, he, he had a, a, a really substantial column about these race, racist outbursts at these two basketball games. And I thought he had a good idea to, in order to try to prevent this from happening again, to basically put a, and I'm quoting Mike here, to put a rule on the books that allows coaches to pull the plug on a game without any fear of forfeit should their teams be subjected to this kind of uh, obnoxious behavior in the future. Just stop the game right when this happens. Just stop it. There's no forfeit. And just pick the game up later in an empty gym without any spectators. Uh, But the key is, you know, the adults and the educators, the refs, the coaches, they have to be aware and they have to have the guts to stand up and make this happen. Because if we don't, we're just going to accept, send a message to all the spectators in the stands that this kind of reprehensible behavior is allowed and is acceptable. And that's the concern here. I mean, we have to do something. Now, again, you know, I have been at games uh, where, for example, in ice hockey, where there's a zero tolerance rule, where if the referees on the ice uh, feels that some parent in the stands is out of control and obnoxious, the ref can just will just literally stop the game between the two teams and just point out the, the, up on the stands and say, you, up there, unless you leave this building immediately, this game will be forfeit, and this game is over. And I got to tell you, that, that really does work, because not only do the, everybody in the stands turn around and crane their necks to see who's, who's the jerk and who's making the noise to actually stop the game, that parent, uh, whoever it is, is obviously have to get up and leave and is embarrassed. So the, the power of peer pressure is substantial. But again, that puts the pressure on the refs and the officials, the umpires, to do that. And is that really fair? Because we all know that these days there are always some sort of security people, security officers at our our high school games, whose job it is to basically do just that. So maybe they need to be educated more uh, as to what kind of behavior they should be on the lookout for. I mean, that's that's something we have to consider. All right, let me um, let me move on. Let's go to. uh, Let's go to Ralph in Manhattan. Hey, Ralph, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick, you can, bl- you can blame COVID and cabin-, cabin fever all you want, you know, but civility has been a rare commodity forever. I mean, you're not talking about something that just came into play. You got a situation yeah, it, in Pearl. Agreed, Ralph, but it seems to be on the rise again. I mean, it seems to have like been sort of like had kept down for, for a number of years, and now it's I mean, this is out of control. I mean, I... I well, the Pearl, the, the Pearl River situation, the, you know, the silence is deafening. These, 
these people have to do something about this horrendous situation that they had. Uh, and, you know, and I, but here's where we differ, Rick, from, I'm just assuming from what you've said so far, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a proponent of punishing all for the sins of a few, because I know I've been in that situation, not nearly the same, not really the same, but I've been there where I got the ax for other people's uh, indiscretion. And I, it's very, very unfair. And yes. as far as firing coaches and this type of thing, the coach has to take the bull by its horns and do something and not be so uh, cowardly in the, in the wake of all this uh, disturbance. you got to do something. But to, to ax him, to fire him, may be a bit insane, I think. I, I, I wouldn't go along with that. But here's one thing about the hockey thing that I have to bring up. Yep. You know, uh, uh, adults acting like kids, you know, we tolerated this nonsense for far too long. These, I mean, these adults, you would think that somehow, some way, they'd have it in their mind. I'm not going to use physical violence no matter what, but they, the, 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 the situation gets the better of them. They act like a, a bunch of maniacs. And uh, inexplainably, I've seen it so many times, they actually go physically after a kid sometimes. You know, you'll get a 30-year-old strapping guy go after a 13-, 12-year-old kid. It's a disgrace. It happens far too often. And again, I'll come back to my original point, civility. I mean, we got to get back to the bare bones of the matter here and get and become a civilized society again. I, I, you know, I'm hearing you and I agree. Uh, you know, I, I, as I said before, I don't think you can hold the coaches uh, responsible or obviously the athletes who are focused on the game. But, yeah, we have to get back to a sense of civility. And, and you know, uh, maybe, Ralph, because we have to at least empower the referees. And I know, you know, mm-hmm. in, in most sporting events, there's always a, a, a sort of a perfunctory announcement before the game. That, uh, you know, let the refs do their job, let the coaches coach, let the kids play their games. You know, we expect good sportsmanship. But it sort of becomes, as I said, sort of perfunctory. I think maybe the time has come for the, the, the home team coach to literally grab the microphone before the, the teams start the game. Well, an, an announcement, an announcement before the game can't hurt anybody. And just an announcement that yeah. has some teeth in it. You know, you you can tell rhetoric when you when you hear it. You can tell somebody just giving you platitudes when you hear it. But if you get get somebody out there with some authority, some gravitas, standing on a podium somewhere before the game and really lay into these uh, nut jobs that would actually yeah. go out of their minds at a ball game, you know, you may get something done. I, I, I'm telling you, I think it's something to at least worth considering uh, because it wouldn't be just something that people sort of casually, you know, eh, they're just, it's no big deal. It's a standard announcement. But if the coach gets up, the head coach from the home team and says on the PA and, you know, talks from the bench or from the crowd, so friends, we're here to obviously watch an excellent game tonight. We have great respect for our opposing visiting team. Uh, I totally want and remind you all to let's show real civility. Let's watch what we say. We want you to cheer for for uh, the players and to show good sportsmanship. And I'm I'm dead serious about this. And unfortunately, if you don't, we'll have to take measures to uh, you know escort you out of the building uh, or we'll stop the game. Whatever the particular warning may be. But I think that might have more impact than what's happening now. It may not. There are people out there who still want to do something stupid. But if that does happen, I think we just say, okay, we'll stop the game. 
escort him out of the building, and then we move on. I mean, I just think that that's something that at least we're doing something that's proactive and having the coach talk about it. it it's, it's getting parents and the kids in the stands to pay attention, you know? Ralph, thank you for the call. As always, I, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm worried about this, friends. I, I, I think if we just, you know, uh, if we don't do anything, if there's no accountability, if there's no sense of, of, of uh, doing something either of an educational or of a punitive nature, we're going to find ourselves with these, the kids are going to say, well, it's no big deal. I mean, after all, if I uh, did something or said something stupid at a, at a game, uh, what's, the, what's that's going to happen to me? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. So I think we have to be sort of like, at this point, you know, educators, coaches, parents, you got to be like the, the canary in the coal mine. You know, let's nip this in the bud. It's as simple as that. All right, 877-337-6666. We're getting really good observations and calls this morning, which I felt we would get, and I'm, I'm glad to see what we are. I have some other comments as well, other suggestions to entertain too. When I come back after the break, we'll continue with our conversation. Stay with me. Yes, sir. Back on the sports edge. We're talking this morning about what we can do to prevent these racial tauntings and and violence that is happening at at our kids' high school sporting events. And I remind you, of course, you can always go to AskCoachWolf.com, my website, and you can follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf as well. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I I just, people might think, well, Rick, you're, you're being hypersensitive to this. Well, most of you remember that just 20 years ago, uh, there was a, a, a just a terrible, terrible incident, a homicide at a hockey uh, hockey rink where one dad attacked another hockey father, and and they got into a scuffle, and and before you know it, uh, one dad was killed, and and uh, the kids who were playing hockey, uh, obviously they they were right watching this because the the kids were only 11, 12 years old. They which they all watched and witnessed this violent attack, and as I said, one dad was killed. Uh, the um, Tom Junta was convicted of manslaughter. And he went to jail for six years. Now, again, I, I don't want to go back to those days. Uh, but out-of-control incidents seem to have jumped in recent weeks. And that's what we're talking about. We're looking for examples. And I, I also want to just basically say, I mentioned before in the show about maybe the, the time has come to write or, or address the spirit of the game, which is at the basis of every sporting and competitive event where we talk about respect for our opponents and for uh, their coaching staff and the officials and referees and the other, other people in the stands. That fundamental les- lesson apparently is either being lost or it's not being taught to our kids, and it should come, quite frankly, either from the parents and from, uh, from the teachers in the schools, you know, in the physical ed department. And that, that's a theme that uh, I, I read uh, in the National Federation of High School Magazine back in, in it came out in January, Dr. David Hoke, a uh, longtime high school athletic director in Towson, Maryland, was writing about this. We seem to have lost the spirit of the game. And it's all about sportsmanship and respect for one's opponents and officials. All right, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Jack Smith and over in Fairlawn. Jack, I know your time is limited because you got to catch a flight uh, down to Florida for your, for your softball program. What do you think about all this, Jack? 
Well, you know, Rick, you've talked about this for years and years and years, and it seems to be getting worse and better. And, you know, when you talk about fights in the stands and people getting on each other, you know, listen, we don't know the person. We don't know their chemical balance. And, you know, that's something that I taught for many years in the special ed school with kids that had impulsivity and things like that. But control can be taught. It's an emotion. And, you know, we can teach kids how to react and everything like that. You know, when you talked about their coaches getting up and making an announcement, maybe you'll pay a referee $50 extra to make the announcement. You'll have a line of referees, you know, wanting to do that. (laughs) Or even a policeman that's on guard that night. Pay him an extra 50 bucks to get out and make an announcement and say, listen, we're not tolerating anything. But here's the situation, and I've been listening to your show for, I'm going to say, close to 20 years now. And like everybody says, it's an amazing show. It brings impact um, situations to people that are just, you know, not there, not listening sometimes. And it is your show is a learning situation. But the consequences are our solution. And one of your other callers said it. You Listen, we're not the, the classes and stuff like that is meant to be a study, meant to be a teaching situation. And that's what we're all about. You know, coaches are teachers. They only coach during the game. They teach during practice. Mm-hmm. And they got to teach the right values. They got to teach their kids the right values. But parents in the stands and kids in the stands, listen, the fights, that's normal. It really is. And that's a sad thing to say. But the racial comments, that's sick. That's a, that's a sick thing. And it's something that has to be controlled. It really does. Because now you're getting into somebody else. And like I said last week on the show or the week before, you've been, you've been on this topic for a while, and I'm so glad that you're staying with it, is that, you know, these topics, these situations or the racial stuff, that's just completely out of control. But in my opinion, and this is what I teach my kids, there's only one race. It's the human race. Yep. You know what? And we all got to bond together. But I think consequences are the, uh, are, are, the, are the situation here. This is what's going to teach. Like you said, stop the game. And that's, you know, a policeman getting up and saying something or even the referee. And you know what? I like your idea. Clear the gym. Play the game at another time. But here's the problem. The innocent people should never be punished. Because I'm imagining these situations, me sitting in the stands, watching my children play, or watching even my grandchildren play, hopefully in the future, and somebody getting outrageous and they stop the game. Well, that would affect me. And if I'm a type of person that has impulsivity, I have, I have no control, that person who caused that, <laughs> I'm going after that person. So, you know, we got to understand the impact and the chemical balance of the people in the stands, too. You can't yeah. control that. You I, really can't. They I, have to control that. Yeah, I agree. That, and, I, you know, as I said, whether it's a, a, the, the athletic director or the head coach or, you know, the security officer, Excellent. police officer gets up before the game Excellent. and says, we're not, gonna kid, we're not kidding around here. And we're going to, you know, if there's something you say that is stupid or you cause an issue, we are going to stop the game uh, and basically escort you out of the building. And there will be consequences for this. It isn't like we're just going to put you out in the parking lot. There's going to be some consequences, you know, from, from the school. Uh, and I think that will get people's attention. And um, as you said, it's, as you said, you don't want to punish people who didn't do anything. And, you know, it, that's, that's probably too far of a stretch to do say, oh, we're just going to clear the gym. But we've we got to do something. And to have no accountability, that's really bothersome. 
Jack, I know you got to run to I'm go gonna... catch a flight. So uh, good luck down in Florida with the with the softball Thanks team. Thanks a lot, Rick. Thanks, thanks for getting me in, Rick. You bet. Okay, let's uh, let's let's move on. Let's go to our friend uh, Dr. Rob Freed. Uh, good morning, Rob. How are you this morning? Rick, you know, listen, I had a break in my racing, my winter racing season, but I've been listening to the podcast, and it just like Jack just said, the best show on the air. This, to me, is by far the best, and I have a couple points. Number one, when you brought this up, I texted Jack on, and I think I even texted you on the whole thing, and I was fortunate enough to go uh, to Berlin, Germany, uh, to participate in a Maccabee game event, mm-hmm. uh, and and I was I went to a, I went to a concentration camp there. I also saw Jesse Owens' way. They named the street after Jesse Owens. Now, the 36 Olympics, to me, was the most fascinating Olympics of all because, I mean, what happened over there with Jesse Owens and, you know, the whole, a lot of people probably know the story. But anyway, he, sure. he goes over there, wins four gold medals, okay, comes back to the United States, where in Germany, believe it or not, Hitler shunned him, but he was a hero to the, he was, people in Germany were like, well, fascinating to see this guy run. It, it, it's amazing. Then he comes back to the United States, Rick, and he has no credibility amongst what happened over there. He actually raced against trotters like a carnival act to make yep, money. Yep, yep. It, 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 it's pathetic. So this, this is just to show you how, how long the, one of the greatest athletes of all time had to go through what he went through coming back from Berlin after the 36 Olympics. As far as my thoughts on what you're talking about, number one, everybody's made great points. Going forward, we must have a police officer, and I think a lot of these uh, sporting events have police officers at these events they do. making sure that yeah. things don't happen, okay? Yeah. Immediately toss, it, toss these people out. They're, 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 they're taken right out of the building if any of this goes, goes, you know, happens at an event. Second of all, okay, every preseason, the administration, every high school, even in the junior high level, they should have an auditorium meeting with the parents as well as all potential athletes, student athletes, discussing sportsmanship and the rules. You just do it one time in September. Every student athlete with their parent has to mandatory show up and explain what the protocol going forward is going to be. This has to end. This is ridiculous. In the, in the 21st century, we're living in a time, Rick, of it's basically a microcosm. Everybody's angry, and they feel there's no consequences. Well, but I think yeah, you, you're on the right path. I, I think that, uh, it, 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 just to underscore what you're saying here, I, I think, of course, that that mandatory introduction or a lesson to the student-athletes. But honestly, Rob, it's not the student-athletes who are being accused of stuff. It's the spectators who are probably not, you know, athletes. So, I mean, that's where I think it's almost, as I said, to, to basically reinforce this is to tell all the spectators to have somebody of authority, you know, get up before the game is played and said, we're not kidding here. There will be, there will be real accountability. We will basically escort you out of the building. Uh, maybe you'll be banned from ever coming back to a high school game or whatever it might be. But we got to make sure everybody buys into this. Otherwise, there's nothing, not, there's no, nothing happens. There's no follow through. I mean, that's, that's the concern. I, I, know, I know you feel the same way. And uh, one thing, I remember back in the 80s, this is very old. This has been going on a long time. My dad, I remember when he was officiating back in the 80s, all right? They had the PSAL basketball. They, they had cleared the gym. Yeah. They didn't have spectators because of not, not, not this type of situation, but, but fighting amongst fans. And, yeah. And, and, you this know, is, 
It's we don't want to go back to that. Exactly we don't want to go back point. to kids playing in empty gymnasiums. Exactly that. It's not fair. It's not fair. And, Rob, thank you, as always, for your call. It's not fair to the high school students who want to enjoy their, their few years in high school playing uh, sports. Uh, they want to play in front of, a, of a, an excited crowd and crowd roar, and they don't want to play in front of an empty gym. It just sort of deflates the entire experience. That's what we're trying to avoid. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Chris up in New Haven. Good morning, Chris. You're on the fan. Hey, Coach, and thanks, thanks for having this uh, courageous conversation. Uh, just a quick point. Yeah. Um, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you mentioned it. This, this, this school has been accused of uh, this type of behavior previously, and there's a current investigation going on. And I'm, and I'm wondering, like, if that was the case, then why were spectators allowed, to, to your point, to many callers' points, why were spectators allowed to continue this abhorrent behavior? Um, now, Chris, what, what, are you talking about the basketball or ice hockey? The, uh, Pearl River, I'm sorry, sir. Okay, Pearl River, uh, okay. Yeah, apparently there was a history. Apparently, it's been it was uh, pointed out that a similar racial taunting incident happened when Pearl River had played Suffern High School a few weeks before uh, they had played Nyack. So, but again, to your point, nothing happened. There was no no accountability, no follow up. Um, it's very, very frustrating and very, quite frankly, um, weird. Simple as that. And, 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 it, and to your point as well, I love I love like you know the the orientation. Because I can't hold you accountable until you know my expectations, right? Mm-hmm. So unless I clearly outline my our expectations as an AD, a coach, um, or whatever it may be, then I can't say to you, "Hey, listen, you know, you're out of the gym. We told you this. This has been a, this is con- a contract between us." Uh, but you're you're exactly right. And my other point, and, and I'll be quick. And I love your show, man. And I and I got to say, first time, long time. Um, Thank you. You know, there comes a, there comes a point in time where. Me as a parent, I, I have the honor and the privilege of working in an urban school district. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we tell our parents all the time, if you hear something, you have to say something. Because mm-hmm. invariably, it's that first person that speaks up that then draws the ire of the rest of the fans around you. And I just think we're so afraid of, you know, what's going what's gonna to happen is who's going to lash out, uh, you know, at us for speaking up, um, you know, to, to kind of squash this type of, of behavior. And I just think everybody looks the other way. Everybody looks the other way. And as a, and as a society, we have to start getting better at that. I, um, I, and, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and Chris, uh, th- thank you for, for chiming in this morning. Yeah, I, I think, though, to help empower and to, quite frankly, defend parents who stand up and have the courage to say, no, we're not going to allow this, it would be it would be much, much helpful to their cause if there were security people at these games uh, who have made it clear we're not going to tolerate this. And, and uh, you know, it's hard to be a parent surrounded by other parents and say, you know, that's we really shouldn't be saying that or that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, that's where the security people, that's they're, they're getting paid. That's their job to make sure people are, are behaving themselves and keep their emotions under control. Let's go quickly to a coach Tom in, in North Arlington because I'm eager to get his thoughts as well. Hey Tom, how you doing? Hi Rick, thanks for getting me on. Real quick one. Uh, back in the late 80s, I was assistant coach and uh, we had a situation in an away gym 
and the referee actually came over to our coach and said, listen, coach, um, before I have to stop this game or, you know, do some type of uh, thing over there, if you're an administrator or a teacher, is there something you could – and the coach actually got up, said something over there. And you know what it is? It's a crowd mentality. Like you said, people think they can say anything and get away with it. Yes. And once you're brought out, the crowd mentality turns the other way. So I agree with you. There's consequences to be had, and that's the only way we're going to solve this. You know, Tom, the thing is, again, you mentioned this happened in the 80s. You know, what has happened, as you well know, over the years since then, the, the, the officials, the referees, the umpires, and we know that their numbers continue to decline drastically each year because, quite frankly, uh, they have been not only subjected to verbal abuse uh, by parents, but also to physical attacks as well. And, uh, you know, you talk to the National Association of Sports Officials, and they say it's really, really hard to to bring in new officials uh, because they're so afraid that uh, they will be singled out and, as I said, physically attacked by angry parents. So it's to put this all on them, to say, you know, you got to stop the game and so on and so forth. I understand a lot of refs don't want to do that, understandably, but to your point, if, if they go to the coaches or the athletic director and say, look, I'm hearing things I shouldn't be hearing and I want to make sure this stops, I think that's all part of the, part of the problem as well and it should be solved. Yes, and it's, it's less uh, adversarial because uh, if the coach gets up and talks to either a student you know, or somebody related to somebody, you know, on the team, and generally that's what it is, okay, uh, it's going to be less adversarial, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think, again, uh, and I know a lot of school districts already have security people patrolling the sidelines during the game. Many times they wear uh, colorful clothing uh, to make sure that uh, people know who they are and what they're doing. But I do think that the time has come, and this is something that I, I read about in, in uh, uh, Dr. David Hoke's final article, that, you know, the schools, the athletic director, the administrators have to educate the, the security people at these games. Like, look, you have to anticipate what's going on, and, and uh, you know, don't, don't be bashful. This is your job to basically yeah. go up there and single out the parents um, uh, or the, uh, the kids and say, come on, you're out of here, you're gone. Uh, it's simple as that, because it's not fair to all the other sports parents and coaches and spectators and the players who obviously are into the game and enjoying it just to have one, you know, one bad person ruin it. And, and that's what happens. And there has to be also, Tom, I'm sure you feel the same way, accountability. You've got you to gotta have some teeth to this if you're, if you're kicked out of a game for bad behavior or bad sportsmanship or, or racial taunting. There has to be some sort of follow-up. Well, they can't, they can't come back in the game again. I would say that, or they, I mean, for the rest of the season or the rest of the year, but yep. you know, make yep. people think about what happened. It's it, simple as that. Hey, Tom, th- thank you for your thoughts, as always. Always good to hear from you. You know, friends, i, I got to tell you, this is an issue we've talked about now for three weeks, and as I said, I, I, uh, I think this we're using this platform as something as a, being a, the canary in the coal mine in the sense that we want to make sure we're ahead of any possible concerns, more serious concerns, but this has to stop, and, and we have to find a way as, as coaches, educators, parents, officials, referees, you name it, we got to find a way to basically curb this behavior, get the word out uh, as best we can, find other ways to get the word out. You know, as I said before, you drive to any, any high school these days, invariably there's a sign posted somewhere, 
you know, on the athletic fields, in the gymnasium, wherever it might be that says, let the coaches coach, let the, you know, the officials do their job and you just be good sports. We get that. And that's good. But we got to put some more oomph into this now. And maybe the time has come where before every game that the coaches, the head coach of the home team or the athletic director or the high school principal or maybe it's the, uh, the, one of the police officers assigned to the game or a security officer. Somebody's, somebody of importance, of significance, has to get up and give sort of a personal plea to the spectators and particularly to the teenagers in the attendance that we're not kidding around. We want our kids to play well. We want our kids to have, compete against our worthy opponents. But we want to do it in, a, in an atmosphere of positive sportsmanship and do the right thing. And if you can't abide by that, understand we're going to escort you out of the building and, and basically you'll be banned, not just for, for the game, but perhaps the rest of the season, maybe the rest of the year. I don't know what the punishment will be, but it's got to be something with some real, some real toughness to it so the lesson is learned. Okay, that's going to do it. For me, in this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks as always to Ed Arzuman. Please stick around for the Moose. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.